Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thanks so much for joining me again this week. My motivational quote that I wanted to start with today, um, it really speaks to my guest and what she has been through in the past year and how um, she came out, found the light, and is functioning at an incredibly high level. So my quote is by Paul Martinelli, and it says, happiness is always a choice, not a result. And my guest today really lives and breathes that. Um, so today's topic, again, my guest, Clyda Hutchin, uh, she'll speak to this quote. Um, last year, she had several combined traumatic, let's say, I don't want to say bad, but traumatic life events hit her all at, my, all at once and really within a nine-month period. And happiness is a choice and not a result that we need to wait for. And her story will, will speak to that directly. So today's uh, show, we're going to discuss the following topics. Having these three huge life-changing events happen simultaneously, again, in that very short period of time. How the heck do you wake up and function? Um, and we're gonna, I want to ask her is, would she say that eh, it's just life? What are you going to do? I want to also discuss the process of being able to move through these major life-changing events and what was uh, Clyde's mindset daily, even maybe hourly, weekly, you know, how do you just get through it? And then how she was, she was a manager of, um, of a bank, of a whole bank. She was responsible for uh, a number of people uh, on her team. So how do you keep your team focused and energized during, and one of the life events was a very big corporate merger. And with all of the personal stuff going on, how do you keep yourself upbeat? How do you keep your folks from crashing and burning? I also want to see how my guest feels about having come out the other side, and would she now, looking back, have done anything perhaps differently um, than what her choices were along the way? And then I'd really like throughout and maybe at the end for Clyde to share um, any little tips for people who are going through a bad time in their life to try to help them find the light and come out of that tunnel. So that's what we're going to we're going to um, kind of. Uh, discuss today. So now my, my guest is Clyda Hutchins. She is currently the regional manager of the New Jersey, Pennsylvania region with the Provident Bank. She herself has been in banking for over 30 years, starting as a teller when, and I'm adding this, when she was five. Uh, she's been through nine mergers altogether. So folks who have been through mergers, acquisitions, no matter what the industry, it's stressful. Uh, and interestingly enough, 17 years we spent with one company, company 10 with another, and then two and a half uh, with the company that Provident uh, merged with. Clyde has held positions ranging from the regional manager current uh, in the old position. She was the director of the retail banking division, and she's also held uh, positions in marketing and training. So she's, she's got the whole gamut or the whole wheel um, within, that, within any corporation. She's also a working mother her entire career, has three, three grown kids and two uh, grandsons. Go boys. Uh, so with that introduction, please help me welcome the strong, committed, and absolutely resilient woman, Clyda Hutchins. So Clyda, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you, Connie. Thank you so much for inviting me to come along and, and uh, talk about you know, some of the things that I've experienced and in the snowy, wonderful day that we're having. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the blizzard of the century, they're saying, right, on this fine Monday morning. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we'll be fine. We'll just stay inside and not drive. As long as you don't need a, bre a loaf of bread or eggs, you're good. Yes, well, the stores were ridiculous yesterday because I think <laughs> I, I was talking to my mom and dad yesterday and um, she said, oh, dad went to the store. It was crazy. I said, yeah, you think it's the end of the world. So people run out and buy bread, milk, and eggs. You don't think the stores are going to open Tuesday night? You know, it's, we're talking 24 hours, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the thing that I love about it, I have to say, is that um, it's kind of fun to be out it there is. with folks, it right? Is. Because yeah. they're all excited and wound up and, yeah. you know, everybody's, everybody's doing a common cause here. So it's kind yes, of fun. Yes, it's true, right? We're all united through the snow. It is, it is. You're so funny. Well, I really, I have to tell you, um, as I was putting, you know, together the notes for the show and everything, and 
reviewing, I mean, you and I have talked, we talked actually, this is what prompted you coming on the show a couple of weeks ago. I was up in your neck of the woods in Flemington, New Jersey, and we were chatting before the training started. And, you know, you told me your story and I kind of looked at you and said, holy moly, you are truly an architect of change. You know, would you mind being on the show? And just to give people a background, just share what those three huge life events, changing events, happened last year. And so kind of give us that, what happened, like kind of what you were telling me. Yeah. Also, also share with us, like, how the heck did you function as a human and be able to get up in the morning? Yeah. So, so, so what we've talked about, Connie, in the past, and for those that are listening, um, Generally, when you go through major life events, right, they're kind of spread out and you have some time in between to really kind of recoup and, and gain your direction. And um, I, I actually um, didn't have that opportunity. I kind of got things banged at me all at one time. And um, it, I call them seasons, right? So it's, it, was a, it was really a winter season at that point, and there was a lot of blizzards or whatever you want to say. But um, I actually experienced, you know, the end of actually 26, 27-year marriage by the time, um, wow. you know, things were final, which was, um, which, which was certainly life-changing. Um, sure. You know, it, it, it's, it's a long period of time um, to recoup from. And then during that time frame, you know, that starts to spiral out, right? So you have this big major event, which, um, you know, necessitated me selling my home and in the midst of that buying my home. And it sounds fairly easy, but what happened was my oldest son and his wife actually sold their house, and their new house fell through. So oh. they ended up moving back home with mom, and um, wow. so we ended up with like eight people in the house, and still wow. trying to get it on the market, and uh, hopefully, you know, get what I needed out of it to to start my new life, buying my new home, and. So that all sounds like kind of crazy, and people said to me, how do you do it? How did you do it? Sure, and, um, sure. you know, it, it was a crazy time. However, um, I'll talk a little bit about how we got through that. And then just as I got to the point where um, I, you know, was seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, we were getting a lot of uh, momentum and moving forward and starting our new lives. Um, the house that I had put a contract on, uh, there was a mortgage complication, so ironically, um, my daughter and son bought their house, um, and they closed a week before me. My mortgage was delayed, and I ended up moving oh. with them for two weeks <laughs> before I could even move into my own home. And, ping pong, um, ping pong in your It house, was right? a ping pong. I was sleeping on their couch with my grandson waking me up every, five, every morning at 5 o'clock in the morning, which was actually a joy. Absolutely. And then I signed the contract and said to the gentleman I was working for at the time, you know, listen, I, I I, just, you know, you need to tell me that I'm going to be okay in this job for a couple of years. I just put a 30-year contract on a house. And his answer, you know, at the time was, well, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed to anyone. And I thought, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. And then soon thereafter was the announcement, obviously, that, that Provident was um, acquiring the bank that I had just started working for two and a half years prior to that. So here's the thing, Clyde. You listen to the, just listening to you talk, right? Twenty six year marriage where you're comfortable, right? Twenty six years probably sure. half your life or close to it. So you have comfort. You're selling your home, which let's face it, there's no place like home. So another piece of comfort in your life. Well gone. Okay. And then the flip flopping in houses, not really sure because we are subject to mortgages closing, people changing their minds on the houses, all of these other things that we can't control. And then when you think, all right, I'm, got, I'm on solid ground. Hey, by the way, we're going to be good, right? And it's like, well, so here the other piece of comfort was almost ripped out for months. Like you saw the next vortex is coming, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, I've always said in my career and, and coaching over the years, you know, we there can be turmoil in one part of your life, and as long as you kind of have that safe place, right? And, sure. And in sure. many instances, it can be your career is really, sure. you know, giving you a, a, a lot of, um, you know, concern and issues and can also be in an upheaval, but your home life is safe, right? So you sure. kind of go home sure. with that. Or very generally, sometimes it happens that your home life is upside down, but then you can go to work, and that's kind of your safe place, you know, the, where you sure. can – 
maintain that normalcy during. So I, at that point, I really didn't have much of anything. I mean, no. <laughs> it, it just was in such a tornado that it was, where do you go from here and what's the next problem, issue, or concern that takes a priority? Because that's really what it became. It was the priority of sometimes, very literally, it could be of the moment. Um, really? You know, and then the next hour it would change. So, um, and then in this turmoil, one of the things that, was very unique to me is, um, and you know that I do, I do believe that there is, uh, your thoughts are things, right? So Absolutely. they become actions and they, and sure. whatever energy you give out, you give back. And sure. um, so when you're going through this, there's quite a process, you know, you start to get into the grief and the anger and, you know, you start to get to a point where you're gyrating in that negative place. You know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a good girl and I've always mm-hmm. lived well and been kind and generous and, respectful, you know, and you get into that, I'll feel sorry for myself now because why is this happening to me? Absolutely. You know, um, and you do hang there for a little while, but uh, at some point you have to realize, and I think even I had a point um, where I, I came to uh, almost like a, it was a catalyst of where I was. It was like everything was coming at me at one point in time, and I really just didn't know which piece to handle. Mm-hmm. And I, too, just... I finally got to the point where I'm like, I don't, I don't have this. I, someone who's always been the fixer, the solution person, uh, the planner, you know, having that forward thinking, I had nothing. I yeah. literally reached a point where I had to reach up and say, you know what, I can't do this. Alone. I, I need help, and I'm going to turn it over and pray that I really get the help that I need. And you know the great part about that is when I look back over, Connie, and we talked about it, all along, but because I wasn't still enough to understand, mm. I was. People were coming into my life that were positioning me for the next um, movement forward. And had I not had those people come into my life at that point in time, I don't know that I would have been as fortunate at the end of this. So, sure. I, I do believe when you ask and you turn it over and you say, "I can only do this with with help." And that's tough for me because uh, you're I, like to, I like to make it happen, right? Yes, so you do. You're the I'm, fixer. Yes, yeah, I'm the fixer. So to be still and say, finally admit to myself that this is not something I can do on my own. I really do need help. And it came from so many different directions once I was still enough to ask. And uh, having the kids move in when they did, it sounds like a huge turmoil, but I'll tell you, we wouldn't have made it through. We had so many nights of just laughing and and just laughing at the Damn. incredulous period of time that they were we were handling all of this and because we yes. just thought, you know, you know what? We can't just get stuck in feeling sorry for ourselves. Yeah. We have to just put it out there that it's gonna be okay and this is the next step we're gonna have. And it kept happening. Really and you know what's funny? I, I just get, I want to comment on that. That you know, you sat there at night when when literally your world is crashing down from every corner of your life, and even the kids' life. You know, you have children, and you're homeless. But not homeless, of course, because they were able. Well, to no, I was homeless. But <laughs> right, you know, you're you're living on a couch. They were living on a couch. You know, kids. Here's the thing, and I, you know, I try to tell my kids this. You know, and and I think they get it. Family, at the end of the day, your family truly is what matters. That's number one. And that's where you really do find the strength because you can rally together um, because we love each other, we understand each other, that you don't have to, you know, put on a show and behave and act, you know, all, you can cry, you can be, and then, then crying, you're, you're laughing like, oh, my God, look at this. So <laughs> that you had your family is really I think it was meant to happen that you guys were homeless almost simultaneously or back to back so that you were together because they needed you and you needed them. Right. Yeah. And the great part about it is, and we're talking about, you know, children who are basically in starting into their adulthood, obviously. And my oldest son, obviously with his, his family and his two children, but the wonderful piece to that is the bond that develops. I yes. mean, you know, when you get into life and everybody's going a hundred different directions and yeah, you sure. call each other and, you know, you might text each other. Right. But this became 
such an innate bonding period where my children built the relationships again, right? From yes, from yes. that that young age to now the adulthood, which which everyone is finding their own direction. Sure. And then I don't know that I wouldn't have um, survived it as well if I hadn't had their support and sure. our laughter and our, you know, putting our heads together and deciding what the next technique or the next solution um, was good. But I will tell you one thing that, that I thought about after we talked about this is, you know, in the midst of this when um, I was actually, my all my possessions was was actually the gentleman that was selling the house allowed me to put all my possessions in the home, and then I couldn't go back in for two weeks oh my because God. of the mortgage issue. So all my possessions were were in that home. And um, But the funny part about it was during the time period, I was on my son's couch in his new home with boxes everywhere because they had just moved in. Sure. And my oldest son was staying at a friend's house because there wasn't much room. My daughter <laughs> was staying at another friend's house. And again, you know, I have my brother who lives with me, has MS, and we had put him in a yeah. handicapped uh, hotel room. But when I stood still and looked at them, I thought, you know, even though we were all in very different places, mm-hmm. um, and it was a short-term period, I was so grateful, so, sure. so grateful that we had all come together as a family. And I stood in the middle of that thinking, Gosh, that's where the importance is, right? Absolutely. When I felt like I didn't have them at my fingertips, I just couldn't believe the importance that that it drove home that your family, you just can't get through it without them. So I'm so, so grateful for that, Connie. I truly am. And that reawakening of of the importance of family in your life. Isn't that the truth, right? Well, you know what, let's take a break. And then I want to come back and talk about that grateful and also how your family became almost the maternal figure for you, <laughs> that support, isn't that, but what a great job you as a mom have to have taught them that, not even realizing, because we're teaching them, and then, then they respond to the situation, you think, oh my God, like they learned that. So let's take a yeah. really quick break, and then I do want to come back and talk about that and the grateful. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are here with Clyda Hutchins, and we're talking about a vortex of change, three life-changing events happening at the same time and how do you get through it? And we were just talking about family and how they kind of rallied together. And again, because of the situation that the kids were in, kids and grandkids being homeless and not literally, but in between homes and, and just, we know how that goes when you're buying a house. It's never smooth sailing, right? There's always glitches. So I, I just want to comment on how cute is that, that here the kids <laughs> became your safety net. Ma, it's going to be okay. You can live with us yeah. now. And yeah. that's what families are for. And you're absolutely right. We are running every day in different directions. And, yes, we text each other and we check in and we talk once a week. How's everything? It's good. We don't make time because everybody's busy. That's life. And it's sad. It's really sad. But when that's my point before. When, when you need when you really need the help, everybody just kind of drops what they're doing or puts things on hold, still goes to work, et cetera, but we rally together as a family, and you can't underestimate the power of that. That is absolutely for sure. The other thing I wanted to comment on is the gratitude that you felt, that mm-hmm. in this, again, I'm going to use the word vortex of chaos, and this, you're almost in, almost, I, I would describe it as you were in the center of the storm, the eye of the storm, and this tornado is circling around you between work and the house, et cetera. And you, for that moment, even with all of that going on, 
saw and felt the gratitude of, holy crap, I wouldn't have changed this moment for a second, even with all this crap going on. Wow, this is a beautiful moment. This is, this is really what life's about. So yeah. what, what, and, and that's, it, that's what I heard you say. I, I hope that's what you meant. Right? You did. You did. Yeah. And, and that was, yeah, Connie, that was one of the things that I, I do want to say, you know, during this period. Um, and it, it's real easy to get tied up with all the things sure. that are going wrong. Sure. Right. And, and it's natural. Yes. It's, it's, it's human nature to do that. And each day there was something wrong. Right. Oh. So you, you, but what I found um, in, in this awakening process asking for help and faith and um, were a couple of things. The first thing that I needed to do, um, and I did, and it was very difficult, was forgiveness, correct? And, mm. and it may yes. not be, it may not be that you're forgiving the individuals or this process um, to just wipe clean the slate, but what you're sure. actually doing is giving that forgiveness so that you can get to a place yourself where you're like, I forgive this, and I'm not going to carry this anymore. And in fact, instead of always dry rating in that negative, I'm truly going to be thankful for what I've got. And and there was so much, when you started to pick it apart, um, there was even more things to be thankful for than there was the negative pieces. And, and I know that sure. sounds ridiculous, but you can find it. And to get up every morning, I made myself a commitment that each morning in the midst of this, I was going to get up and I was going to, the minute my feet hit the floor, every step that I took to go brush my teeth or get that, you know, wonderful cup of coffee or whatever the case may be, (laughs) I was going to say what I was grateful for. I was grateful that I had that smiling little face wake me up at five o'clock in the morning, you know, and, and say, hey, nanny, you know, or, or to come home in the afternoon and, you know, have the kids say to me, you're not going to believe what happened today, but laugh. And yes. and start the process that way. And, um, you know, the other piece that's very difficult, Connie, I think, is we're always saying when one door opens, you know, closes, another one opens. And I got into that thought process, and I was like, but at the end, and when I look back now, and I'll, I'll talk about that at the end, you know, doors close for a reason. And maybe yes. we just don't yes. think about the fact that they're closing because it's the best move for us. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes in itself is very hard. So getting to the point where you're saying to yourself, okay, that door closed, so I'm going to be grateful for that it did because at some point I'm going to understand why it did and I'm going to look for the open door. And I think if you get too hung up on the closed door, you don't look forward for the open. So those are the things that you ha- it's a constant gyrating within yourself, right, to say yes. I'm not going to yes. think about the negative as much. I'm going to be grateful for all that I have. And guess what? That door closed for a reason, so now i got to look for the open one. And, and here's uh, the thing, Clyde, but here's the thing. I think that most people, they, they get stuck in that, in that vortex, in that negative energy, in that negative vibration, that it's very, very hard to put one foot in front of the other and say, hey, I have to believe this happened for a reason, and at some point down the road, I have to believe that it's for the best. And when you're living through it, you said it, you said it, you, you know, how do you not get caught up in that negative vibration? So I just want to stop one second. I hope people are taking notes because here's in what you said, the clarity of what you said just now is brilliant. You know, all you have to do is say, look around and go through the anger and the grief and all of that. It's okay because you do have to release that. You have to acknowledge that, you know, what's going on really sucks and I really hate this. And, and why me and all of those things, right, and acknowledge that feeling. I mm-hmm. think oftentimes you either bury the feeling so you never address it and get through it. Or you just get stuck in it instead of saying, all right, I feel it, I see it. What's the next thing? Because this is not how I want to live my life in this negative energy. And that's where you say, you know what? Let me just stop and forgive, forgive myself, forgive the situation because it is what it is. Whether I caused it or didn't, I can't change it, right? So worry about things you can control, which is yourself. That's number one. And then here, you said it beautifully. Every day you wake up, your feet hit the floor, and you think, what's the first thing I'm grateful for? Hey, that I have feet that I could walk on. You take that next step. You know, oh, good, that coffee's waiting for me. I can smell it brewing. You're grateful for that. 
I hear the birds chirping. Wow, I'm grateful for that. It could be something so simple and ridiculous, but when you start to feel grateful and that gratitude, that's when your inner vibration, I, I really believe, changes. You have yeah. to think about it, though. You ha- it's a thought process. And you said it before, too. Your thoughts become reality because it's all energy. We're all energy. So right. if everybody's right. listening, I want to make sure you heard what Clyde has said. It's as yeah. simple as this really sucks, and I, I don't want to go through it, but it's happening, and I can't necessarily change getting fired, losing a job, reorganization, a death in the family, whatever it is, a move, like you said, a divorce. It is what it is. We're here. The events have happened or is happening. What am I grateful for? And when you start to shine, I always use that shine the light on those little pieces of gratitude. It's almost like Hansel and Gretel's little breadcrumbs. It takes you to where that next step is for you. And that's when you find the door because the gratitude helps you see more clearly than the fog you're in. And that's when you don't miss the opportunity, which is really what's waiting for you. And there is a higher power. I mean, you and I have talked about that as well. Yeah. So I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, that was so brilliant and so insightful that people say, yeah, but you don't know. You no, know, my life sucks and, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I get that. We've yeah. all had bad things. Yeah. Here you're sharing a story of a year full of crap, you know, and <laughs> you shoveled through it. And found those little gems hidden underneath through the smile on your grandson's face, waking up at 5 a.m., even though maybe he's asleep <laughs> for 5.30. What a great way to wake up versus an alarm clock, you know? So that's the, little, that's the little goodnesses that we have to find. And you just said that so clearly for me. So I, I hope everybody got that. You know, that's why it was worth repeating, okay? Yeah, and I do think I, I just want to say to you, Connie, what you said is important. Uh, an important piece of this is that, you know, I'm not by any way advocating that anyone shouldn't feel the grief or, you know, oh the anger. God, you really need to feel that, acknowledge it so that you can sure. walk past it and you can process it because it's it's normal and it's healthy to do that. What I get concerned about because I felt myself starting to do it is get stuck there, you know. Yes. And and that's where you have to, you know, acknowledge it, you know, work through it. It's going to be there. And there are some days that are going to be rougher than others when you get up and you don't quite feel so grateful, you know. But, again, if you can yeah. get yourself in that momentum, yes. I, I'm telling you, it does change how you look at the day. It does. And it's and, it's and momentum. It, I love that momentum. It's it all is about a momentum. that movement. Yes. Yeah. Movement and, and you've means, got to do it. Yeah, yes, you've got to make the conscious effort. Yes, because the movement means you're not stuck or you're not accepting being stuck. You're saying, no, I know I'm stuck. I feel it. It sucks. I don't want to get up. I don't want to do it. All these people are are pulling on me. They need me. And, you know, at work with the merger and everything, everybody was relying on you. You know, it just, it becomes, I just have to take that one more step. I have to take that one more step, you know, and, and just keep moving forward. It's all about momentum. I had Dave Pelzer on last week. He's a, a number one best-selling author, and he's just so inspiring. And he made me laugh at one point. He said, you know, Con, it takes seven seconds to develop a bad habit and 27 days to undo that habit. And I, I, I always talk about change and it's 30 days and I ask people to commit to whatever that little step is for 30 days and then it becomes a habit. So I said to them, wait, say that again, seven seconds to develop a bad habit. And we giggled on the show because so many times you don't even realize you're developing a bad habit because it happens in seven seconds. Think about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So when and, you're in this it, vortex of negative, yep. you're mm-hmm. developing bad habits over bad habits in seven seconds segment you know yeah and I'll tell you he's right about that too and it's a continuous process because it's a lot about noticing what you're doing um there's quite often where I say well I don't want and I that's not what I want and and I think to myself well why don't I say what I want versus that's not what I want yes and and just I don't know, but it's an acknowledgement that you're saying, I don't want that. Well, if you don't want it, don't even think about it. Think about, change that and say, this is what I want. And that's the Um, affirmations. That's that gratitude, what you've described. Mm -hmm. Yes, that nicely said. But it's a constant battle. We we tend to go that direction, and I find myself going all the time. Oh, you said the word not, or don't, or I don't. 
you know, so I constantly have to say, switch that around in your head a little bit. And, but, and um, it's a good exercise. I do one exercise in, in the classroom where I, I put up three um, math problems. So I do like three plus zero equals three. Um, three times zero equals three. And then I do like one plus two equals three, right? And I say to everybody, okay, so what do you see? What I wrote up there. And everybody says, oh, the second equation's wrong. Three times zero is zero, not three. And I go, yes, you're right. But there were two up there that were correct. Yet we all consciously mm-hmm. zero in on the negative. Everybody, yeah. everybody goes, oh, Connie, number two is wrong. Why do we do that? Because from when we're children, you're in school, what do they do with a red pen? They mark what you did wrong, minus yeah. three. Even though yeah. you got a 97, what do you see on that paper? The minus three. Instead of saying plus 97. <laughs> and yeah, not yeah. Doing, you know what I mean? So we are I do, and, I do. Yeah, yeah, so we are taught and programmed from when we're children that focus on the negative, focus on what you did wrong and change it. Not that you shouldn't focus on what, what you didn't do correctly and, and change. I agree with that. But let's not focus on only the negative. Let's say, hey, every day, 80 to 85% of what we do is good and correct. That other mm-hmm. 15, 20%, we all have growth potential. None of us are perfect, right? But we yeah, and you know what, you, you can't get stuck in that either. You cannot, you know, your past or things that you've done in the past, you may not have done them all right, right? Yeah. And I clearly knew from from this process, I learned that there's a lot of things over the years that I haven't done right, and I wish I could change them. <clears throat> Excuse me, but you get into that period of time where there's nothing I can do to change them. Nope. The past is past. It's already happened. Um, all I can do going forward is saying, you know what, I, I'm sorry that I made those choices in, you know, whether they impacted others or not. But the bottom line is I can learn from them. Um, I'm not afraid to say, hey, I thought I did the best I could at the time with what I had. Definitely. And um, just take that forward. You know, don't sit in that, oh, I should have done things so much differently. Well, you can't know that at the time. You can't. That's right. That's so right. why carry Until you can look back. Future. Well, that's the Monday, yeah, Monday back, yeah. Monday night quarterback, you know, right? The the, yeah. the hindsight, right? Is is twenty twenty. Um, it, it's funny. I just want to I want to pause here and say to everybody, if if this story is resonating with you, I'm going to give you. Uh, you can connect with Clyda on LinkedIn, correct? And I'll give full yes. name spelling mm-hmm. um, at the end. But these, I think these are such relevant stories for all of us. Um, you're. I I sometimes think that we feel like we're alone in the world when things are going wrong. And I just, when Clyda shared her story with me again before the training class a couple of weeks ago, and I said, everybody needs to hear this because we feel like I'm the only one going through this. My Mm -hmm. life is the only one that's, you know, spiraling out of control. And I think that we need to stop and think, hey, I'm not alone. Other people you know, have some bad things happening, what mm. can I be grateful for or how can I shake this off and, and, and become better, learn from it, all these things you're, you're saying, Clyda. Um, please, please, guys, share your stories with me um, at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. I Number one, I'd love to hear your story. Maybe you come on the show and share your story and some of the ways that you've broken through, um, you know, and, and, and found the light at the end of the tunnel and not got stuck in all of that. Um, also, go to my website, www.whitmanassos.com. I have so much information on my blogs, and, and um, the, the radio show is archived there, and I have videos and just all sorts of helpful, I think, helpful information, or I hope helpful to you guys. Um, so go to my website, email me, Connie, at whitmanassos.com. Call me if you'd like directly at 732, area code 888-1420. Um, Share your story. Share topics you'd like me to cover. And I and share if I'm inspiring you to even want to change um, or to give you the tips that I hope I bring every week by my, my guests sharing their experiences and their tips um, mm. that you have, that I'd be the catalyst of change. So thank you for letting me share that, Clyde. And again, I will give your information because I just think that we're all in this together. And if we can help mm-hmm. each other. Um, that's what it's all about, you know. It's it, you got to give back. You got to give back to each other. Um, we have to provide emotional support or emotional intelligence, you know, whatever you want to call it. I have yeah, another question. I agree. 
I have another question for you now. I mentioned before that you had a team through this merger, right, in the midst of mm-hmm. all of the personal chaos. The merger ended up happening, and you had a team of, what, 50, 60, 70 people, correct, that you yeah. were responsible mm-hmm. for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how did you keep them energized as well as, continue to put your one foot in front of the other and function at the high level that was expected of you because anybody that's been through a merger, it's, I need it yesterday, you know, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was the one common person at at one point that um, even though, you know, I'd only been here about two and a half years that kind of knew the inner workings of of the existing bank too. So, so, how do I get through that? Well, I'll tell you, luckily, I guess in the end, another thing to be grateful for was that I had gone through, um, you know, circumstances of mergers and acquisitions prior to being on both sides of the fence. Um, I, w- I am very fortunate that the team that I had here um, was a very great, and they are a passionate group, and you've met them, Connie. So you Agreed 100%. You, Love you, them all. Yeah, you understand that, that I was I dealt with a very high caliber group of folks that were very passionate about doing the best job they can, regardless of what the Definitely. circumstances. Agreed. So, um, you know, starting out, I guess I was pretty lucky with that. I got to take my team into the new environment in Providence. I would say to you, um, that was kind of almost a place where during this turmoil that I was going through, I could actually kind of just step into and start to be in the automatic environment that I was most comfortable, right? So yeah. um, it kind of helped me in the end result, dealing with all of these issues here and kind of being able to snap my fingers and say, okay, this is what we do. This is what we, we need to do. Sure. As far as the team, the one very important thing, I think, is in any corporation or organization, and doesn't have to be banking, it could be anywhere. Sure. Never, ever, ever lose sight of the fact that these individuals have an emotional connection to the organization that they're leaving so to mm. speak true and um it's it's kind of like a grief process but at the same time um i think you just have to hold that respect right understand that they're all going through it at the same time even though sometimes that's easy to forget yes. because they're standing up and they're doing what they need to do and they're running forward and you know you're asking them to get out there and, and do things that are not comfortable to them and out of yes. their norm the unknown is always out there. So I think the best thing that I can say at, during that time frame is even if I didn't know the answer to something, I told them that. You know, and, and the communication is that I will tell you and keep you informed of everything that I know as much as I can. But when I don't know the answer, I'm going to tell you I don't know it, but it's I'll get it for you as soon as we can. Sure. So just keeping alongside them, helping them understand that we're all going through this as a team, as you very well said. It's a funny thing. You do think you're going through this all by yourself until you realize that when you start to talk and open up about things, the next person is going through the same thing sitting next to you. Yes. Um, And I liken that to, it's real simplistic, when you buy a new car, right, you go out and you pick a nice bright and shiny car, and then all of a sudden you drive down the road for about two or three weeks, and how many times do you see a car that looks exactly like yours that you never saw before? It's true. Right? You <laughs> yeah, never – like I got a Ford Escape, and I, I left my car, and then all of a sudden, like I drove two weeks, and I'm like, wait, wait, there's like 15 of the same exact car that I had. I never saw it before. Isn't that so, so funny? It is funny, but that's exactly what happens. When I started going through this process, when I finally did open up to communicate, because for a while, right, I was a little embarrassed, so I was being very quiet about what was going on in my life. Sure, right. Sure. And I started finding out that there were people in the same circumstances, just a little bit different than mine. And sure. I was like, wow, you know. So keeping communication open, acknowledging feelings, and that at a certain point in time and say, just like we did before, you know what, this is what we're left with. This is what we have in front of us. So the only choice that we have is to either sit stuck in the negative place or take what we have and make it work to the best of what we need to do. Sure. So sure. that's kind of the way we, we really focused. And I am so lucky and so grateful that I have the team that I do. Um, we're still it's navigating. Can- Right. Yes. Yeah. Could I share the story when um, the the bank decided that they wanted you 
to before year end. Merger had completed around Labor Day. And before year end, they wanted you to be exposed to the sales culture, coaching culture, right? Yeah. And we pulled you guys into a two-day session with me. And, you know, I walk in, everybody was hostile. <laughs> they were exhausted. They, they were hungover. They were poop. <laughs> yes. They were just like, are you kidding me? You want us to listen to two days of training. Our brains are fried, right? Mm. And by the end of the two days, we had so much fun. I think that I felt the um, the release, you know, like that, that exhaustive yeah. Right, the the decompression happened. We had fun. They learned. They were like, "Oh, we're doing this." Everything that we were sharing wasn't so unfamiliar, but really familiar, I think. And mm-hmm. right at the end of the two days, I I left and I missed you guys because we had oh. not only did we learn, not only did we learn though, and work hard. We did work hard. There's no question. Um, but by the end, I felt we were committed almost to each other. And your folks yeah. called me. I gave them assignments. And within a week, they called me and, and was so appreciative. And I thought, wow, they really embraced not only that they've been through hell and back, as I kept saying to them, right, because it's a merger. It's, it's very stressful. Yeah. And you're learning yeah. new things and your mind is on overload. And many of your managers are not in their 20s. So we've been out of school a long time. And now you're you're telling me to learn this new system and process that and yeah. this is a new policy. And you're like, ah, no more, no more. I'm on overload. Yeah. And, I and you know, it's yeah, and Connie, I want to tell you, um, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, go ahead, the, go ahead. The, the funny piece when you talk about that is that I myself, as a leader, was like a little bit kicking and screaming about that because I wanted yeah, them to have the training, so. yeah. uh, but I I wanted them to have the training, but I was so, by that point, looking at the faces and knowing them as well as I do, they yeah. were exhausted and, and were mentally an overload, right? So overload. I was like... Oh, I just don't want to put them through one more thing. Can't we just, like, give them a little break? But yes. then I stepped back because, remember, now I'm gyrating in the negative, right? Yes, yes. So I'm like, I don't want to do – and I'm like, but I'm their leader. If I'm going to convince them to do this, I've got to buy into it. Yes. So I sat and I made a list about it, a small list. But then what I thought, I thought, you know what? Maybe this is good for them to get out of yes. the middle of the tornado yes. that they've been in come into a room as peers and yes. just be together for two days and not think yes. about everything else that's going on. And you took that to the next level because when they came in, you know, you excited them and you, you almost kind of gave them their, what we call it, um, they said in the meeting, you gave me my mojo back. Mojo back. <laughs> and I was so happy because, again, I was like, this was a real good decision and, and to buy into it. And once again, it's that proven theory. If you sit down and think about what you can do to make it to be grateful about, right? And then when we came in, we were grateful about doing it. And then it just became this roller coaster where we became more and grateful about more things at the end of the two days. They were just energized again. And, and, you know, largely due to the way that you train, obviously. And I'm not just saying that. You know that Mm -hmm. I'm wholeheartedly one of the biggest supporters. But yes. thank you for yes. bringing that back because, remember, I was going a little kicking and screaming on that, too. I was, like, yes. being a protective yes. mama, like, just leave them alone. Well, but it was funny because at, at the end of the two days, do you remember, I always I always go, for those that have not been in my training, I always go around the room at the end of training and say, all right, pick one little thing because that's really all we can handle when we talk about change. So I make them commit. What is that one little thing you're going to work on? Will you commit to it for the 30 days? Call me as needed, right? I'm here. 30 days. And then at the end, come back, pick something else. But what will you commit to, right? And they go around the room. And when I got to you, you said, come to me last. And I thought, oh, man. say, <laughs> You know, my gut was right. Two days that we were out of the office. And, you know, see, we all, and here's, here's why I'm commenting on this. We all go to the bad place. I thought mm. you were going to say to me, you know, Connie, thank you so much for trying to energize them and everything, but you have no idea what we've been through, and this was really nice, and you want them to commit to something, but we're still in triage mode, right? That's really what I thought you were going to say to me, and I just mm-hmm. want to share with everybody that record player that we all have, shut it mm-hmm. off, because in turn, Clyda looks at me at the end and says, 
this is the best training I've ever had, how much training I've been through, and all of these just beautiful, beautiful compliments. I, I was humbled. I was taken back because no one has ever verbalized that after being such through so much turmoil and then having my training at the end. And your, your kind word, when I tell you I came home and I was almost in tears telling my, my oh. husband, I, I said, I have never been touched by someone saying so many nice things about what I, not only what I delivered in my training, of course, it's my topic and I should be good at it, but how I made your people feel at such an intense emotional level. I was humbled, I have to tell you. So I went to the bad place, Clyde. Do you see how we are so <laughs> programmed to do that? And we yeah. need to stop. We need to stop and really find that gratitude. And of course, I was very grateful that your people were so responsive. But I agree, your folks are um, awesome. And when when I leave them after the two days, because you do, it's so funny, you do get attached quickly us as humans. And when we're learning and having fun and, and sharing stories and, yeah, that's a great point, and, you know, really, really connecting on, I hope, I'm always on a deep level in my training. And then I leave them after two days when I see them two, three weeks, <laughs> a month later. I go, I've missed you guys, you know. Because, yes, because they become it's that emotional connection, and I hope that everybody listening is hearing what, what we're saying because we are connected emotionally, whether you want to agree or not. And shame on you if you poo-poo that um, instead of it. I'm not saying being a big motion, you know, being a dork about it, but the mm. race that we really are mm-hmm. connected. Let's take one more And that's question. interesting. That's very what? interesting because you and I got into that big discussion um, just recently, too, about, yes. you know, not feeling like you're worthy to receive that, right? Yes. So yes. You, you go to that negative page because you're just not, you're in that mindset that you're not really as worthy as you think you are internally to receive the adulation or the, you know, the credit for what you do. And um, I think, you know, when you come in in a training situation, I mean, it's always, especially in, in, in organizations, we're constantly, you know, changing and training and changing and training and but when you walk into a room and you energize it and you, you are able to take what material you have and make it become important to the individual, right? So it's always yes, about what's in it for me. What can of I course. get out of this? You know, and then at the end, to have that be a success and then have us say to you honestly, this was awesome. You know, yeah. you've got to be able to say, wow, I, I guess I'm I'm better at what I do than I thought I was, you know, and it's and yeah. and we tend to go we always tend to play that negative piece. Oh, yes. it's just training. Well, yes. no, it's not. It's about how you do it. And you have yes. that skill set. So it's it's better to and here's really what's hard. It's it's really hard to say, you know what, thank you. I I I am. Yes. I am worthy of that. Yes. I yes. I do appreciate that. I do deserve that. How yes. hard is that? We put ourselves down all the time. Let's take one more quick break, and I just want to share uh, the feedback that um, Elaine, the head of training, um, gave, which I I just giggle because, again, it's it's surprising at times. So let's take one more quick break, and then we have about uh, 12 minutes left, and then we'll we'll, uh, wrap up the show. Okay, cool. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay, we are back. We are talking to Clyda Hutchins, and we're talking about the turmoil of change in life, rapid fire, and how to come out the other end. 
um, we're talking about the training that um, I was hired to come in and, and train her folks to teach about the culture at, at the Providence. And it was funny, Clyda, because um, in the evaluations, you know, at the end of the day, everybody fills them out. And I giggle because at the bottom, people write me notes and, you know, thank you. I feel so good. Or, wow, I loved that story you shared. And um, I can use that in my life. And so people put all these very personal thank yous. And I read every one of them. And I will oftentimes email people and say, thank you for that lovely comment. You made my day. Because they have an effect on me as well. So I went sure. in and I made the copies and I gave them to Elaine in training so they could see, holds me accountable, right? But, you, you know, you go to yeah. the, the bosses and you say, all right, here's the evaluations. Here's what, you know, they felt I delivered. And she looked up at me and she goes, oh, my God, they just love you so much. And I, <laughs> I giggled and I said, yeah, from the evaluations, right? She says, yes. She says, but I, she goes, Connie, all the evaluations are always good like that. And I, I looked at her and I, I was surprised because I thought, oh, she reads the evaluations. Oh, of course she reads the evaluations yeah. because she has to hold me accountable. But that she noticed as well, Elaine, that they, they love you and they write these little love notes. That's what she said. They write these love notes to you. And <laughs> it was very cute because she was appreciative in her comments as well. And you're absolutely right. You know, somebody says, oh, your hair looks so good today. Oh, I was having a bad hair day. Or, I know. Um, oh, you look so good with that tan. Oh, I was in the sun too long. We, we do the negatives, and we all do that, and you need to stop. You need to stop and just say thank you thank for those you. compliments. Thank you. What, yeah. a, what two powerful words. Thank you for saying that, or thank you, and, and get in your car and think, oh, they just made me feel so good. Gratitude, yeah. feel the gratitude at the moment. Yeah. Right? It's right, really hard, though, isn't it? It's hard. It to is. Do. And I have to remind myself quite often if I get a compliment, because my first place to do is just exactly what you said. Yes. And uh, it's almost like you're making an excuse for your for, for the, the adulation that you're getting. So it is difficult, but you're right. Receive it. And, Receive and it. be grateful for it that someone took the time. And here's the other thing. Yes. Took the time to say yes. that to you. Yes. Right? Because and we don't often do that either. No. And here's the thing, oh. too. The evaluations, you know, at the end of the day, we know we're going to hit traffic. We're tired because, right, we work hard in my classes. We get a half hour for lunch, an a.m. eight-minute break, and an eight-minute p.m. break, which is just my thing because then you look at the clock and you don't come back 15 minutes later, right? <laughs> um, it's a control thing, but it works. So we work hard, Clyde, in my classes, right? I mean, it's not a cup yes. thing. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And yet they stay to write these very detailed evaluations. There's check off the box, excellent, good, fair, right? Not only do mm-hmm. they check the boxes off, but in every section of the, uh, you know, how was the training material, et cetera, et cetera, how was the facilitator, blah, blah, blah. They write detailed things that they got from the class. That, again, humbles me because I think oh, they didn't just do check, check, check and run out the door, which they could do. They stop to write. I have to, I, every time they do that, I have to share with you. I say, wow, look at every one of them wrote a detailed, thank you for that because it makes me better in how I deliver my material when they give you feedback, good or bad, right? And yeah. And you know, I love to hear that too, because um, one of the things that it just solidifies for me, and, and I think, you know, maybe I'm just a little prejudiced, but the great part about it is, is that they t- they have the passion to do that, right? They do. It's, yeah, they're it's very important passionate. to stay that little bit longer and say, you know what, we got a lot out of this. But if they just really weren't that passionate about what they do and how they perform for themselves and also for the companies, um, they wouldn't even take that time. So yes. it just twice, twofold. It's like this is awesome, you know. That and and I want to share one more story. A shout out to Michael on your, he's one of the assistant managers. They came through at the beginning of the year now. And mm-hmm. one of the other assistant managers, Mary, said, um, yeah, you know, sometimes I am um, just not positive. And hmm, mm-hmm. that's a big impact on my team. And so we were brainstorming. So how do you remember to be positive? Because again, came through the merger, you're in the negative place, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes we need visual triggers. So I said to her, Mayor, just take a silly yellow post-it note, draw a happy face on it, and stick it on your computer terminal. So every day, and write the word positive in red under it. 
every day when you come in, it's that visual reminder to think mm-hmm. about being grateful and being positive and, and that you're affecting your team. And she says, yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, the next day she emailed me about something. She had a question about something. And I, of course, hold people accountable. I responded. I said, did you do the yellow sticky note? And she emailed back, LOL, you're cracking me up, right, circling back to hold me accountable. Michael sent me, he went on the computer and got a really goofy, happy face and sent it to her and said, color this in yellow and put it on your computer screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, think of me. I'm in your corner. Be positive, right, in this email. I say, now, right, see, I, I said, Michael, you did in the next class. I go, you did that? He goes, yes. He goes, we're in this together, Con. And she, she's wonderful. She could be positive and blah, blah, blah. And she said, Connie, I got to tell you, I, I thought, oh, I have to be positive now. He thought to send me that. I have to hold myself accountable to a higher level. Otherwise, Michael's going to get mad at me. So see how we're Yeah, there you go. There you go. What a great success yeah. story. Yeah. And, and so, you know, when you asked me, Therein lies a lot of the answers in the question, right? Uh, how did you lead your team? Well, you know, then you get those little things like that. and They led you. It, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes they end up leading you when you look for it the most. The same thing with my kids. You yeah. know, you think you're doing a great job. You think you're raising them the right way. And you're just not always 100% sure, right? Sure. But sure. when a crisis happens and they teach you, um, you know, how to be positive or they give you things to be positive about and grateful for, wow, yes. right? Yes. I, I'm good. I'm good. I know I've done the right thing. I have great adult children, you know. You, so, right, it's, and that's the testament. That's life. That's the importance. It is. We're raising, we're raising productive, emotionally intelligent, kind individuals who are using their passion, their gifts, whatever it is, to make the world a better place, isn't that isn't that what we procreate for? That is what we're looking to do: raise them up and send them out, right? But That's exactly you don't right. always know. Yeah, you don't yeah, always know. True. But not you know, the, word, right? the thankful thing is that if you look, you'd be still, and you look, you're going to find a lot of things to be grateful for that you didn't even know that you taught them. Isn't that That's, true? Isn't that true? It but is be true. still. Another good, another good um, uh, little tip. Be still and kind of just listen to the moment. And and when you're still, the, the truth comes, the answer comes. I have yeah. one more question for you. We have a little less than five minutes left. Okay. You know, now that you've now that you've come out the other side, and I think everybody mm-hmm. can hear your passion and your um, embracing of everything that has happened. You clearly are in a good place, which I, I say that's wonderful. I'm happy for you. What would you have done anything differently now looking back? You know, you know that's a that's a question that I've actually asked myself a couple of times. Mm. Good now for that you. things kind of move forward, and and I think you you need to do that right when you come through things. Yep. Self assess. You know, I call that self assessing. Yeah, I think you do. Um, you know, the struggle that I have with that question is that. I, I'm sure there probably are, Connie, a few things if I really was very detailed in, in picking it apart. But I think what each mistake, each decision, good, bad, or indifferent, um, you know, along the way and circumstance that happened, um, I don't think I'd change any of it. I really, truly don't. I, I, I can't tell you that it has not been difficult and and I'm and I'm not an angel and I certainly, you know, there were days where I too fell down and said I, I just, you know, I can't believe this is all happening. Sure. But the bottom line is I think the amount of growth that I was afforded mm. um on the other side of this, looking back, if I tried to change any of that, I wouldn't have gotten as much growth out of it as I needed to go sure. forward, sure. right? So, I mean, I, I have a whole life ahead of me, and I've got to figure that out. I'm still figuring it out. Um, yes. I'm a different person than I, you know, obviously was before. Um, still trying to get my whole identity again. But sure. I will tell sure. you this, I will not have, I can't think of one thing I would have changed um, that wouldn't have given me some type of growth on the other side of this. And, you know, the thing of it is, it, it constantly reminds me of, of what I've got to do the next time something happens to get myself through it in a, in a, in a really better way, in a better place. Yes. 
and from then you learned. But then you learned. Yeah, I did. I did. I, I it was constantly, constantly learning. No, so, no, I can't think, um, I'd love to say there's one or two things that I would do differently, but it made this whole circumstance what it was, and now it has made me who I am on the other side of it. Yeah, and, and here's here's the, the, the bottom line, really, however you shake and bake it, this is the bottom line. You, you have to embrace change, and you have to roll with it as best you can. You have to be still and listen because I do believe the answers come to you. And oh, they do. They do, but you, you have to embrace the change and not go into panic mode because when you panic, you can't think clearly, and that's dangerous. So I'm not saying put it on ignore. That's dangerous too. So address it. I'm afraid. I'm freaking out. This, I can't believe this is happening how do I how do I change? How do I break out? How do I how do I make this better? Address it. Yeah. Find the gratitude. Keep moving. Even if that step is the wrong step, but you learn from it, it wasn't the wrong step. And then shift left, shift right, go straight, jump over the hurdle, whatever it is. But you have to keep moving. You have to say, I know this has changed. I know it's going to make me better. It sucks right now but I know it's going to make me better, stronger, wiser, whatever it is. Um, you have to embrace change. It's, it's, um, th- that's life, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, and it's constant, right? And, 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 it's, and kind it's kind of constant. like an oxymoron. The only thing that's constant in your life is change. But uh, one thing that I, I do want to say, and you and I have talked about this before, is you know, things work to my advantage and are the best when I do listen to my inner self, when I am still yes. and listen. And quite often we don't pay attention to that or we try to, you know, our ego, right, tries to justify yes. what we're hearing. Yes. And, yes. And, I, and I caution, that's the one thing, things generally don't turn out as well as I'd like them to when I don't listen to my instincts. That's true. And that small inner voice. So I yes. think we innately know it, we just choose to ignore it. So that's exactly right. If listen I've learned anything, gut. yeah, if I've learned anything, listen to your gut. The second piece that I would say is when you come through a lot of this, any experience that you experience change. Um, you know, I had some particularly pretty tough ones in a short period of time, but when you are on the other side and you are grateful that you've gotten this far, I think we all have a responsibility to do what you just said. We have to pay it forward. Yeah. So, you know, we have to listen to other folks and we have to not judge, but give them the opportunity of what you experienced and some things that maybe you can help them with so they don't feel alone. That's yeah, you important. have to be open. You have to be open to that, and you have to be in rec- receive mode, um, not just complain mode. And I think when we get caught in the complain phase, it's just very dangerous because it's very, very hard um, to pull out of that. Um, Clyda, our time is up. We were actually okay. over by a minute. So, I know. Oh. Doesn't it go fast? It does. It does. But it thank does. you. I, I've yeah, enjoyed so, this. Yeah, hang on. No, don't, don't hang up yet. So um, our time together is up. I hope you guys took some notes. Uh, I think Clyda's story is inspiring. Clearly, she gave some tips, which I'll review. Um, We went through the life changes and, you know, how do you wake up and function, uh, the team, and how she energized her her folks, Um, you know, coming out the other side and really looking back and saying, hmm, I don't think I really would have done anything differently because I learned and grew from it. And then some of the tips that, that Clyda shared is, um, communicate openly because other people have been there and done that, and maybe they could give you some insight or just give you some emotional support. Uh, support. And acknowledge your feelings. Don't bury it. Um, you're never alone. And then choice is really the option here. My, it starts with what my quote was at the beginning of the day. Um, so you have a choice, and you're, you get unstuck. Move forward. That's your choice. Uh, see the doors will open when you make that choice. And in order to do that, be still and listen, and that will come to you. And for me, it always boils down to start with gratitude. What are you grateful for? Not what you don't have, but what you do have and what's beautiful and wonderful in your life. And that's always the best place to start. If you'd like to reach Clyda and chat more, please connect with her on LinkedIn. I will spell spell her name. Clyda is K-L-Y-D-A, and her last name is Hutchins, H-U-T-C-H. I-N-S. Is there any other uh, contact information you'd like to, to give them? Or sure, LinkedIn? sure. 
Uh, let me give him, um, actually, my, my cell phone, should you like to call, um, is 908-303-4305. Again, 908-303-4305. And then also I have a personal email address that you're welcome to send an email if I can give you any um, communication. And that is really simple. It's khutch, which is K-H-U-T-C-H-10, and it's at Outlook.com. Excellent. Thank you for that. That's great. And I, I do. I hope people, you know, reach out to you and say, help, can you talk to me? You know, how did you do this? Um, paying it forward. I love that. And I think we all need to do that. The world would be just such a much, much nicer place. Um, <laughs> Clyde, thank you again for being on the show, taking time out of your day. It means a lot to me to be able to bring guests like yourself um, to come and share their story. So I really do appreciate it. And I thank you for that. Well, I do thank you. It was really a lovely hour. It went very quickly, but thank you for asking me to join. My pleasure. Okay, everybody, I hope you join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow. Challenge yourself so we embrace change and realize that change is possible and usually a little bit easier than we oftentimes think. Um, Thanks again, Clyda, for joining me. You guys have been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. I look forward to seeing you all next week. You know the routine. Go out. Do something different. Pick something this week to challenge yourself and work. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me.